want to take your Bibles and turn to Acts 13.22. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised up unto, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. When John had first preached before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel, and as John fulfilled his course, he said, Who think ye that I am? I am not he. But behold, there cometh one after me, whose shoes of his feet I am not worthy to loosen. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of his Salva- this salvation sent for they that dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers because they knew not nor yet the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day they had fulfilled them in the condemning him and though and though they found no cause of death in him yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain and when they had fulfilled all that was written of him they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him up from the dead, and and he was seen many days of them which came up came up with him from Galilee at Jerusalem, who are his witnesses, who unto the people, and we declare unto you the, the glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto our fathers, God had fulfilled the same unto us. Their children, in that he raised up Jesus again, as it had also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And concerning that he raised him from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this one, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore, he said unto in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Let's pray together, please. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank Thee for Your blessings You give us in Christ Jesus and how You open the door of salvation unto the Gentiles and unto the world, O Lord, that uh, we all might take and be benefited by Thy Word, Thy Gospel, and that we uh, have been brought into that select group, O Lord, that it pleased Thee unto the family of God, the kingdom of God, and Lord, in all things that you might be magnified and glorified in the midst of this wicked generation, that we might be those that hold forth the gospel of truth, and that we see, Lord, as, it, as the scripture says, that, uh, that we're to believe according to the scriptures, and we just praise thee for understanding in thy word. Ask your mercies on them without Christ, that you'd be pleased to save, and the saints would edify and strengthen the faith, and we might grow in wisdom and knowledge of the truth. We praise Thee and thank Thee in Jesus Christ's name and for His sake. Amen. Fulfill God's Word in, in ignorance or purposely. And so we see the main thrust of this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also see uh, that the uh, high priest and all those thought they were doing the will of God. No matter... Uh, we say, well, they should have seen. Well, they should have seen, but <clears throat> they uh, thought Jesus was, a, if you will, a usurper, even though he fulfilled the scriptures and 
and this is a part of our account here shows the, some of the things that uh, are fulfilled uh, in Jesus Christ and that one of those being the seed of David. And, and so uh, in Acts 2, they use the same example, of course, of David and, and that his body should not seek corruption. And he says, well, David's sepulcher is with us still yet. In other words, he's seen corruption and was corrupted there. But Jesus Christ, his body seen no corruption in that he was raised the third day. And so the first few verses are a background. While we'll be looking at verses 27 through 30 will be our main concern, if you will, this afternoon. The people led by their religious leaders and maliciously crucified Jesus from an evil and wicked heart. They wanted Jesus dead. I mean, uh, they didn't have any charges that they could bring to his count that would hold up in court. And they basically said to Pilate, you know, we found this man to be wicked and we want him crucified. And Pilate said he found the man to be innocent. And yet he had to give in to the Jews. And, of course, they had said they would appeal to Caesar in one passage if he didn't because there's another king here. And so Pilate had him crucified. And this is one thing we see the Jews and Gentiles gathered together. The Jews wanted him crucified. It was the Gentiles that crucified him. And so we have a combination that the whole world, if you will, come against the Lord Jesus Christ in his crucifixion. And in his resurrection, God raised him from the dead and gives us assurance that he is the Christ. He is the promised one. He is the one that God has declared to to be the Messiah, he that would, if you will, bring the blessings of Abraham to all generations, to every nation. And through Jesus Christ, every nation has been touched by this some years ago, some later, but nonetheless, the gospel has been preached. Brother Abraham, that was a missionary, or is a missionary to India, he was in a section there, and... And they, uh, they would, we wouldn't recognize them as Christians, let me put it this way, but their traditions go back, they say, to St. Thomas. I don't know if the Apostle Thomas was, came that far or not. We know that he went to, uh, I can't remember the town now, but it wasn't quite to India, but they declared that. And many of the things they believed in practice, uh, Brother Abraham was surprised that they were scriptural. Now, they had a lot of junk with it. You know, that's the way it is. But, and the point I'm making is that the gospel has reached the world, and we know of China and so on and so forth. And many of these are ungodly as ungodly can be now. I mean, take China, Russia, and those places like that. But there are still, if you will, saints of God, <coughs> missionaries, preaching the gospel. They were an angry mob stirred up by their leaders and their priests and and led in the chant, crucify him, crucify him. However, they all fulfill God's word and, and his uh, external or eternal counsel and purpose. So everything was done there that day. We can read a lot of it in Psalms 22. Go to Psalms 22 and see it shows the chief priest there, you know, uh, uh, chanting around and mocking Christ and all that. And so we, that, to me, that's one of the, better uh, psalms that describe this and 
Many others just have a part here and a part there and speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there it shows exactly what this is going to do in Psalms 22 and there's exactly what they did when they crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they fulfilled uh, the eternal counsel and purpose of God. They did it ignorantly. They didn't fulfill it on purpose. They did it, if you will, out of anger, hate, and malice. And yet we find... Uh, that the, everything that God said would be done to His Son was done exactly like they said it was to be done. There, I mean, you could say, well, that uh, when it says, save according to the Scriptures, when that was written, the only Scripture was what we call the Old Testament. That's it. And yet we go to Isaiah, we go to Psalms, we go to even Genesis, we go in every book of the Bible, you can find part of the story of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I mean part, it tells us one thing, one place, like Abraham, that his seed would bless all nations. And, of course, we know that's speaking of Jesus Christ. And the Scripture, their ignorance of the Scriptures concerning these things did not deter their fulfilling God's will. We should fulfill God's will purposely, not by anger, not accidentally, but we should desire, if you will, that we might fulfill God's word uh, actively on purpose. And uh, truly, if as we would preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're fulfilling the scriptures, that is, that it would be carried out throughout the entire world. And when we do our part where we're at, then we're fulfilling the great commission that, <clears throat> that Christ gave his church. You can fulfill the scripture also. It's clearly shown that those who trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior, as the scripture says, will bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and one, and those that don't will end up in the lake of fire. And uh, sometimes we say, well, that's just the way it is. And <clears throat> let me say to you, and I mentioned this morning that we're all deserving of hell. And those that do not take God's lifeline. Now, I know some use that and they don't, people say, well, we don't use that. But it is a lifeline. And Jesus Christ is life. And those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ have life. Those that believe Jesus died for their sin have life. Those that believe that Jesus raised un, <clears throat> was raised again, if you will, or resurrected, have life. And so the life is in the Son. And the only way we can have life is through Jesus Christ. We notice in the passage that was written out of John, read out of John, and it mentions, though, believe on him that sent me. And uh, I only bring that up. Some are not Trinitarians, if you will. And they say, well, they, you know, they believe all the scripture and everything. If they did, they seen that there's two persons there that they were to love and believe. One was Jesus, but the other was the one that sent him, which is the Father. And I just throw that in. I, <clears throat> that's not part of the message. That's just to add on, or if you will, a bonus. And so we think about what all the God has given us. We are, to, uh, we are to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, give heed unto his word, and we are responsible for those things we hear and put into action. And in Mark, I think it is, it, it warns us that, you know, if we <clears throat> don't put those things into action, this is not a quote, this is a paraphrase of it, then that which we have will be taken away from us. And uh, one of the uh, passages you can interpret, 
one that it appears we have will be taken one, but those that, if you will, use that which God has given, then more to more will be given unto them. And so when we think about our responsibility as Christians, then we are to be those that, uh, if you will, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ that we should desire to amplify, to example, be an example of the Lord Jesus Christ. They fulfill God's word without uh, knowing Jesus or the world, word. <clears throat> and what I, and I, you say, well, these were the studiers of the word, the scribes, the Pharisees, the chief priests. And we think about the chief priests, sometimes we forget they Sadducees. And so there was the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, the lawyers were in one accord, crucify him. And in all of that, it fulfills the scriptures, what God had said about him. There in Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine, Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. And this is the problem that we see all around us today. People, if you will, err in the scriptures and do not know the power of God. You don't have to trick somebody to be saved. If God's in it, He's going to save them. Our part is presenting the gospel. And yes, we desire that they believe the gospel. And if they have questions, we desire to, as best we can, to answer any and all questions. We're to do everything that we can do, if you will, to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if you say unto me, or say to me, sign right here, you'll be a Christian. Now, where you get that at, it's not according to the Scripture. They knowing not the Scriptures, nor the power. God will save everyone. When we get to heaven, there's not going to be one missing. I mean, I I don't believe in the roll call, but if there was a roll call, they wouldn't say, Jimmy so-and-so, and he would say, well, he don't guess he made it. That's not the way it's going to be. I mean, all are going to be there. They did not know God's Word. They did not know Jesus. They... Uh, knew the word, they knew the testimony, all the promises of Messiah, uh, but they rejected everything they seen in Christ Jesus. He did more miracles than any other from the beginning of the world to the end. He did more miracles in his ministry than Elijah ever even thought about or Elisha either one. And yet, even though they see the dead raised, and they see the they seen the uh, lame walk. <laughs> they seen all of these things and devils uh, cast out of people and all the things that Jesus did. And they did not still did not recognize that he's the Christ. No man had ever spoke as he did before, as the, as the ju- you know the soldiers that went to get him, and they come back empty-handed. He says, "Well, no man has sp- spoke like him." And they heard something in Jesus that was unusual and unique. Even the soldiers recognized there was something different there. And yet all they could think about was killing him. There in Luke 18, Luke 18, 31. And then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, 
and shall be mocked and, and spitefully entreated and spit upon, and they, and they shall scourge him and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. And so Jesus was preparing his apostles, his disciples, if you will, for that which was to come. They was going to Jerusalem. Jesus knew that it, it was his hour, and so he prepared them. <clears throat> but after Jesus was dead, and they come back and said he's no longer in the temple, I mean in the tomb, they went up there and said, well, somebody's robbed his body. And Jesus said he's going to rise again. I mean, he told them before he went to the cross he's going to rise again, but they didn't understand the word as it says in another place. They <clears throat> that believed him in 1 Corinthians 2, 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, that's, somebody says that's, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Sunday quarterbacking, you know, it's a Monday quarterbacking or whatever quarterbacking this, but that's the scriptures. That's what Paul said. If they'd known who he was. Now you say on one hand, they had all the evidence that he is a Messiah. On the other hand, there was no evidence that he was a mocker, sinner, or a blasphemer. And yet, they did not know him. Let me say to you, Head knowledge is not enough. You can know everything there is in the Bible about Jesus Christ, and that won't save you. <clears throat> it takes, as brother mentioned before in a song, <clears throat> you must be born again, and it's truly that we must be born again. It is, it is not something, if you will, that you can believe yourself into. That, in the sense I mean by that, say, well, if I believe these certain tenets, then I'm saved. And there's some that do that. But the scriptures and Jesus mentioned one thing that he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. Now, what did Jesus mean by that? If you're born again, you're going to make it to the end. Absolutely. And you shall be saved. But if you believe, if you will, like many do, and they, you know, believe for a while, I got to come like a flash in a pan. It's like, you know, they. You have a, <clears throat> some oil there, and you put a little water in, you get a little flash maybe, and that's what they're like. Don't last long, but God's people last and will endure forever. <clears throat> you can't get rid of them. You can't beat them off with a stick. You might get them out of a church. You might do that, but you can't get them away from Christ. I don't care what you say, and some leader comes, well, if I knew evidence in the Bible, you know, it's all but that won't deter them either. Might cause skeptic, might have dealt sometime, but nonetheless, you cannot fight them or grab them or pull them away from their faith in Christ. They knew that Jesus was innocent in Matthew 27, 24 and 25, when Pilate saw the, that he could that he could prevail nothing. But that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hand before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, Let, and said, His blood be on us and our children. I only mentioned that verse by some. They used that verse in saying that uh, Jews can't be saved. 
<coughs> and this is the verse they used. And if you've ever seen in their literature, you know this is what they like to expand on. <coughs> and uh, who put the curse on them? Did God say that? He said, well, yeah, but it's right there in the Scripture. They said, let His blood be on us and our children. I don't see any rubber stamp there. I said, well, I, I, Almighty God said, well, if that's the way you want it, that's the way it's going to be. Because through the Old Testament, He shows that clearly they're all going to be saved in the end. That is all that are standing there when Jesus comes. And you get that in Romans 2. <clears throat> Pilate went therefore again in John 19.4 and said unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Jesus was glorified there in Acts 3. <clears throat> in Acts 3.13... The God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, and the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he, when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murder to be granted unto you, and kill the Prince of Light, whom God has raised up from the dead, also, whereof we are witnesses." And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know ye, the faith which is by him, had given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And that's, of course, the, uh, and the beggar is speaking about there. And God was glorified in the temple, gave them signs and wonders, as mentioned in Hebrews. He said, How shall they neglect so great a salvation? And it starts back to when it was at the first. It's talking about the signs that the apostles did, not only of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was taken down, and no bones uh, were broken, and was buried in John 19, 36 through 42. We're not going to read it for time's sake, but this just tells us where it tells us that uh, a bone of him shall not be broken. That's what the scripture said. And of course, it come through that not one bone of Christ was broken. <clears throat> and we find that <clears throat> he, all of his uh, joints were, out, I mean, his bones out of joint. Uh, in Psalms twenty-two fourteen, I am poured out like water and my bones are out of, jo- out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. And so Jesus Christ is, when they... Whichever way they did it, I think they dropped him and the cross down in the hole. <clears throat> but we can have it anyway. Some have the, the tree standing there and just a cross member put up. And so we, can't, we can argue that all the day long because the Bible don't tell us. But nonetheless, all of his joints, all of his bones were out of joint. Not one of them broken, but they was all out of joint. And, <clears throat> and nonetheless, if you will, we... Think about that God fulfilled each part. This is, of course, I believe in eternal scriptures, so everything was planned out from the beginning that there'd be a hint here and there'd be a, a scripture here and there'd be a scripture over here and one writer, another writer. It might be Ezekiel. It might be Moses. It might be whoever. But 
God put it all out for us that when Jesus come, they would know that he is Messiah. But we find that it's just like the day. You can read the scripture too, but unless God opens your understanding, you'll never receive it, the truth of God's word. They fulfilled the judgment, of, uh, uh, judgment but did uh, it from a wickedness of the heart. They're in Revelation 17. And this is one of those examples I like of this. Here they think they're working contrary to God, but they're fulfilling God's word there in Revelation 17, 16. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and, and give their kingdom unto the beast until the word of God shall be fulfilled. And that's the way God does it. You say, well, I don't understand that. It's just the way he does it. He put it within their heart. They, they thought, man, that's a good idea I'll come up with. And <clears throat> we can get rid of the whore and Antichrist, you know, I have to, have, have to put up with the Catholic Church no more. The, and we don't have to worry about the Pope and all those people here. We just take over the world and become the king and God of this world. And so that's what Antichrist and his group did. If we read about how Rome was destroyed or the, <clears throat> the city on the seven hills and how that God rained down fire on them, their smoke ascended unto heaven, if you will, after that was done. But God's word, counsel, and purpose were, were implemented and are continually implemented. This is exactly how God wants it. Fulfilled because God ordained and Jesus purposed it. Uh, there's, a, there's people that believe in different forms of vertical, I mean vertical organization. And one of their favorites is, and uh, one of the preachers was telling me this. He said, "He said, well, what would you do, preachers? That here you are, <clears throat> you're on a desert island and had a had a airplane, you know, crash or shipwreck or whatever their scenario is, and and so you wanted to form a church there, you know." And he said, well, "What would you do, preacher?" He said, "You you gonna how you get the horizontal there?" I said, well, first of all, there won't be a church there unless God wants one. I said, if he wants one, then he'll parachute somebody in with authority to make it. They'll shipwreck somebody else or whatever. I said, but they'll come with the authority of God to organize the church. <clears throat> God is not left by our scenarios. I mean, it's just like saying, the, well, what if the high priest hadn't wanted to kill Christ? What if the Sadducees didn't grow in and the Pharisees and the scribes and all these what ifs are not in God's <laughs> vocabulary? When he says this is the way it is, that's the way it should be. Now these men did it from the own wickedness of their own heart. God didn't make them that wicked. God didn't make them do this, but they did it out of the wickedness of their own heart. <clears throat> and part of the things is the way Jesus went about doing things. I'm sure if he'd gone down there and said, well, I'm going to be preaching around Jerusalem. I'd like to get your authority or your blessings on me as I go through here during miracles and all this thing. Well, they wouldn't have been as upset with him. 
But when he went out there preaching, and a lot of it was against what the high priest and the high archy were doing, if you will, contrary to the word of God, and that upset them. And, and he didn't get their approval or get their hand, you know, kiss their hand or something, as the saying goes. And so, therefore, they was very upset with the Lord Jesus Christ. They would have got rid of him earlier if God allowed them. I mean, they was ready to get rid of him not too long after he started preaching. <clears throat> but it was not time. God ordained with a purpose and to save many people in Genesis 50, 20. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Of course, that's Joseph, and God sent Joseph over there. You say, well, <clears throat> how do you know he was sent over? Because the Bible says he was. Now, he didn't go uh, by airplane. He didn't go by ship, you know. He went in a camel caravan as a slave. He was sold as a slave. We thought that's not a good beginning for him. He's going to do all these things that, he, <clears throat> that all would bow before him. And then he went into prison, and it seemed like, you know, he, he done hit rock bottom there, and all of a sudden <clears throat> there was a call from Pharaoh, come up here. And so he had to go in and shave. And if you're not familiar with the, with the Egypt, you know, and the Pharaohs and all that, they couldn't grow a beard. That's the reason they got these fake beards and all that. But you couldn't appear before Pharaoh with a beard. You had to be. So that's the reason. If you ever notice, why did it say you had to go shave? I mean, you say, well, he's getting cleaned up. He smells like a prison, you know, a dungeon, you know. He don't want to smell up in the, around the Pharaoh, but they didn't want him to have a beard either. <clears throat> I just throw that in. God delivered Jesus by the, his counsel. In Acts 2.23, him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. And so, absolutely, no mistake, as Jesus, the only begotten Son of the Father, and died on the tree, if you will, Jesus came to fulfill the Scriptures. There in Matthew 26.53, in Matthew 26, 53. <clears throat> Thankest thou that I, cannot, uh, that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. But now that... The <clears throat> but how then shall the Scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be. In the same hour, Jesus, said Jesus to the multitude, Are you come out as against a thief and with swords and staves? For to take me, I sit daily with you, teaching in the temple, and you laid no, and laid no hand hold on me. And, but all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all disciples forsook him and fled. And that was foretold too. And the point I'm making is, is that Jesus could have quit any time he wanted to. He's God in the flesh. I mean, he created everything anytime he wanted to. He said, this is it. I've had enough. I'm going home. And he could have done that. He said, Can, don't you know, I just asked for 12 legions and used the legions, what, 1,000? And 
And one angel would be sufficient. You wouldn't need 12 legions of angels. You wouldn't need 100 angels. One would have been sufficient. But he says he could call and ask for that, and they'd be right there. <clears throat> the point I'm making, everything Jesus did was purposeful. He did everything according as the Father spoke to him and led him to do. And he said the Scriptures must be fulfilled, and he'd go do something. <clears throat> and... And let me say that you and I are not as purposeful in our leader and following the Lord. But nonetheless, Jesus done what He did on purpose. <clears throat> God ordained that every uh, that very man that would carry out His will in Acts 4, 27, 28, for of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou uh, hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever they had <coughs> thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. There was no more done and there was no less done. It was exactly what God, <coughs> if you will, determined before to be done. We see his suffering on the cross and tree, and we think, how could a father do such a thing? It's showing the enormity of our sins. Wicked. I mean, <clears throat> we can't even... I, I think to myself, you know, when, when we get to glory, it's a good thing we're not going to be in these things and all that because we don't what, know what true righteousness is. I mean, we got a glimpse of it. We understand it in a sense, but... When we get there, everything's going to be perfect. Everything there is going to be righteous. There'll be no grudges in heaven. There'll be no backbiting, gossiping. There won't be any of this, that, and the other. It just will not be. Because the former things have passed away. We'll be there with a righteous crowd before a righteous God and a righteous Savior. Let me say to you, then we'll know exactly what true righteousness is about. But now we, it seems like it takes me a lifetime just to get to one thing. I mean, you know what, you think out, you when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you have that week of salvation or a few days, depending on how it was with you, and and you get to thinking you're about perfect. You know, I, I'm not, you know, these these old Christians, they're sitting their ways and, and you know, they, being, they need to get a little life in them like I've got. And then after a while, God will point to something in your life. You look at that and, you know, yesterday wasn't bad. I mean, I didn't recognize that this was an offense. I mean, you're just part of my life. And God says... Next thing you know, you know, you deal with that. And, and your whole life is going to, is like that. I don't, I don't, I think if you lived to be a thousand years old, it would be the same thing. God pointing out things in our lives that need to be changed and reconciled to His way of thinking and His way of doing, if you will, which is total righteousness. Jesus reproved His disciples for unbelief after the resurrection. In Luke twenty four twenty five, then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe 
all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And and beginning in Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures that the things concerning himself. There in 2444, and he said unto them, these things... These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me, and then opening he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And that's the only way you can understand them. It is. You can read commentaries and say, well, this guy's really, I like what he says. But the only way you'll ever understand the Scriptures is if God opened up your understanding. <clears throat> That's when the revelations come, I call them. You go for a while, you know, you're reading something, something you read maybe hundreds of times, and all of a sudden it takes on a new meaning. The Spirit of God opens it up that we understand, and it's the way that God opens unto it that He gives us understanding of the Scriptures. And <clears throat> the sleep of the Jews to this day glorifies God, and... <clears throat> And we will read that. Romans eleven eight. <clears throat> Romans eleven eight. According as is written, God hath given them the sleep of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear until this day. And David said, Let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a repentance a recompense unto them let their eyes be darkened and their and that they may not see and bow down their back again and then verse 25 and for i would not brother that you should be ignorant of this mystery lest you should be wise in your own conceit that blindness in part has happened to israel until the fullness of the gentiles become in and so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Sion the deliverer, and shall, deli- and shall turn away ungodliness from uh, Jacob, for this is my covenant unto them, then when I shall take away their sins, as according to the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as touching the election, they are beloved uh, for the Father's sakes, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So, yes, the Jews are going to be saved, but right now, most of them are in darkness. They have everything we have as far as the Old Testament goes. They have all the declarations of what Christ would do, should do, and did do. And yet they're in darkness and blindness. Yes, I know there are Jews that are saved, and we know this from the beginning. The first churches were Jewish churches. And we don't even see anything in the Scripture until Romans 16th chapter where it talks about the Gentile churches there. And so uh, we know that most, a lot of them were mixtures of Jews and Gentiles, but we do see that they did have a Jewish congregation and Gentile congregation. We, we are not to be ignorant of God's uh, purpose. We're to study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen need not to be ashamed. This is often, I wonder, when we stand at the beam of seat of the Lord Jesus Christ and the things that we should have known and didn't know because we didn't apply ourselves 
as the scriptures say, as a study <clears throat> to make ourselves, if you will, as it mentioned here, approved unto God, workmen needeth not to be ashamed. <clears throat> it is our responsibility to know what God's word says and means and to be diligent according to the scriptures and our service to God. We should purposely fulfill God's word, not by accident, but purposely. We know some things that we, we don't know who God's going to save and not. That we don't know that. But we do know what he's told us to do. And those things that he's given to us are to given to us and our children, as mentioned in Deuteronomy 29. And it is for the purpose of promulgating the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we do in the world is either a testimony for or against. I mean, when we go out doing our business in the daytime, and, and we're just, I mean, this is a work job. We're used, we're make, this is the way we make money. <clears throat> and either we <clears throat> are a blessing and promulgating the gospel by our lives, or we're not. <clears throat> and too often we think, let some people say, well, preacher, well, during the week, you know, you've got to have a job, you've got to do this, that, and the other. But so on Sunday now, it's like we're religious on Sunday and maybe Wednesday night and, and the devil has the rest. And that's not the way it should be. There is nothing that happened that does not fit into God's eternal plan. God plans with a purpose. Jesus died for his people to deliver us. And what he's delivering us from is this world, from sin and wickedness, from the, if you will, the the. the uh, hope that the devil has had on us before he went in and spoiled the strong man's <coughs> house, if you will. And we are to take pleasure in the Lord Jesus Christ. God raised him from the dead, and the dead verifying that Jesus fulfilled God's good will and purpose. <coughs> Jesus is in glory now. Not the spirit of Jesus, that is just the spirit of Jesus, but he is there with a glorified body. And when we see him, we shall be like him. And I think it includes that glorified body. That we have the same kind and type of body that he has right now. And so we're looking for that day that God's word and will be fulfilled. We should count it a privilege that we know these truths. For many, 